Hi, I'm Kira. And I'm Sarah. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to Decom Mission. It's finally here. The Scream Team is here. I was going to sing the theme song, and I couldn't remember what the theme song was. Oh, the bop of the theme song? I don't remember what it was like either, but it was like, The Scream Team! God, the Scream Team! That's not the real song. Close enough. But it was so fun it was really fun. I love theme songs. And then the the names of the actors that were coming up were all dancing. Bopping, it so like a basic word art but it was still really yeah, fun to watch so fun it, like nothing was it was just like floating around the town kind yeah. of like it was in don't look under the bed oh it was but it, it yeah got that bop. that bop apparently that's a that's a thing for my childhood halloween movies is the opening being zooming around the town <laughs> um yeah so this is 2002's halloween film the scream team I don't know if there's any other Halloween movies from 2002. I don't. I don't remember. So there's so many that there might be, but I can't remember Possible. either. So this one I've talked about a couple times because I remember being super excited for the premiere of this movie. I remember watching it when it premiered because I remember being very excited to see a movie on Disney with Eric Idle because I grew up watching. Monty Python and all of that fun stuff with him. My yeah. dad was a big fan of I was going to say, probably because of your dad watching that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. And my mom. But my dad, my dad's, I don't think he's my dad's favorite, but he was like my dad's second favorite Python member. And so he, my dad went to see like a live show with him in Madison at one point. Like he really liked Eric Idol. And so I was really excited. And it also had, it also, it also had Kathy and Jimmy in it, who I also really like. Mm-hmm. She's in so much less of the movie than I remember. I mean, I, I'd never seen it, so I didn't remember yeah. how much she was in, which is something we've talked about before, too, which is weird for me not to have seen Halloween decoms. And the two I haven't seen before are the two that you the remembered. I the saw, movie. yeah, it's so weird. So I said this after we were finished watching it, but this movie, I don't remember any of it. And I watched it a lot. Yeah. I watched it at least once or twice a year for like three or four years, which, yeah, that's not a lot, a lot. But it's like I should remember more some of it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I like I feel like I've I've entered an alternate dimension where this movie had a completely different plot. Mm hmm. And I it's yeah, like the what is it the Mandela effect or whatever where you remember it one way but it's not and then you're like is it is it an alternate universe thing <laughs> conspiracy yeah <theory. laughs> but I don't remember enough exactly about it to 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 say that it's part of that but I still I still liked I I still enjoyed it but I like it this is a weird thing to say and it's it it's hard to explain but it's like while I was watching it. I don't know if you saw it when I was watching, but I had this, like, little, like... If, I mean, you probably have this with Halloween Town, but it's, like, there's just this little, like, happy bubble in my chest where it's like, oh, my childhood. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. how I feel when I'm watching Halloween Town. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just smile the whole movie. You're like, oh, I love it so much. Yeah. And I have... I mean, I don't have the nostalgic thing with this one, but I felt it. Like, it felt like one of those charming early 2000s, it's 90s movies. Charming. It was really funny. I was laughing it a was lot. It was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's not perfect by any means, but it 
it's very charming. And it, it, there's there's something that we're going to talk about when it comes to the datedness of this movie is that this movie doesn't feel super 2002. It feels mm-hmm. timeless, but not like, oh, it takes place. You know, we can watch it forever because it feels like, you know, it's not that old. That's not what I mean. It feels like it's from the 90s, the 2000s, the mid-2010s, the 80s. Like, it's it's timeless in a really weird way. It is. Where it could be from any era. Right, because you were like, oh, it seems like it's more recent than 2002. I'm like, it does, but it also has that 90s charm to it. Yeah. And then the style, like, um, Ian's... Uh, fleece like zip up with his hair longer parted down the middle i'm like that's super 90s and yeah and kat denning's like jean suit that she wore Uh it wasn't a jean suit but it was like jean pants and jean jacket yeah this old victorian house that's just really interesting to to look around in all these old books it's just it feels older it was such an interesting okay let's read the let's read the blurb so that we can talk more about it and people know what we're talking about yeah (laughs) so let's go back okay so the scream team is from 2002 and it's rated pg of course because it's so spooky it's not (laughs) it's an hour and 28 minutes it's comedy and fantasy but that's it i'm actually surprised it's not coming it should be coming of age it should be coming i'm like well maybe the people are older at first when it was i just knew it was scream team that's really all i knew i thought it was gonna be some sort of like superhero ghost movie but it's actually, like, the kids are younger, and it's, I think it's coming yeah. of age. It's coming of age because it's coming to learn how to deal with death. Mm-hmm. It's so coming of age. This is one of the most coming of age movies we've seen right. so far. Add that to your list of things to write to Disney about. Dear Disney. Subtitles. Waiting till we're done Categories. with all the so I can be like, I'm going to categorize every problem with every decom, and here you <laughs> we go. We have a whole podcast you can refer to. <laughs> yeah. Hire us, please. <laughs> Disney, hire me. So the blurb is, Ian and Claire Carlisle accompany their father to his childhood home for the funeral of their grandpa, Frank. As the town prepares for its Halloween festival, the kids discover that ghosts really do exist. So this blurb is not wrong. It's just skeletal. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong. I like it leaves a it's lot not, to the imagination. Yeah. It doesn't spoil what's going to happen. Like Yeah, it's perfectly fine. I have no problems with it. Mm-hmm. It, it, I, it. I think if it had any more, it would breach the point of being a spoiler. But what I would say is they could add the stuff about Zachariah Cull. Yeah, they could. Like the, As the town prepares for its Halloween festival, the kids discover that ghosts really do exist. But I like I like that the kids discover that ghosts really do exist. It's the last part. But I feel like they should add the part about Zachariah Cole because he's like the main villain fire ghost man. Mm-hmm. And they introduce him at, in the poster pretty form early. pretty early on at the yeah. at the funeral, I think, or at the get together. It's after like the right funeral. after the funeral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the dad tells them the story. Warren is creeping out in the house and has this flyer. Yeah, Warner. What's his name? War- Warner. 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 Something with a W. That's all I remember. So this movie is about these. This movie is about these two kids, this brother and sister. The sister played by Kat Dennings, which I had completely forgotten about. And Kat Dennings is the girl who is in like Two Girl Girls and Charlie Bartlett, which actually the brother was also in Charlie Bartlett, which is crazy. Um, and she was also in the Thor movies, the two first two Thor movies that are terrible. 
And like Nick and Nora's Infinite playlist, which is also terrible. I haven't seen that one either. <laughs> it was her and Michael Sarah. I remember Michael Sarah being in that movie. I just never watched it. Yeah. I don't know. I feel but like I didn't get a lot. Forty year old virgin. Yeah. Who played the stepdaughter. I feel like a lot of those movies and shows just aren't my choice of genre for things to watch. So that's probably yeah. why I haven't seen them. Which I think is why I was yeah. so surprised when I saw the Waverly Gallery with Michael Sarah in New York, is because it was so different. From the movies yeah. he was normally in. It was so interesting. His stage work is crazy. Mm-hmm. He's, he plays completely different people on stage than he does in movies, and he's so good. Yeah. I was surprised. I'm like, oh, I know that he plays these I mean, he still out there like characters in these movies. Yeah, but it was, he pl- it was, it was But it was like an older dweeb, but it was like, it wasn't that like, haha, I'm Michael Sarah, I'm uncomfortable. It was like, uh, yeah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm just here, an awkward person. I'm and like an awkward dude, yeah. but I'm a real person <laughs> yeah. as opposed to this persona that they force on him in TV. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's able to do so much more stuff on stage because he's not as pigeonholed. Yeah. He's done all, he did something, he did a show that I couldn't even get tickets to when I was in college. And he, it was him and Kieran Culkin, who's one of my favorite actors, who's also in Scott Pilgrim with him, and a girl who was like a YouTube star or something, and she was not good apparently, but they were amazing. And I was always bummed that I couldn't get tickets for it, but it was always stupid expensive. And I didn't have time to rush it because it was one of the rushes where you had to get there at like 6 a.m. And I was like, I'm too tired. I've done that <laughs> like twice. Do it. <laughs> one of the shows I did it for, I didn't get tickets to, and I can't remember what it was. But one of them that I did it for that I do remember what it was was for a show called Venus and Fur that starred Hugh Dancy and Nina Arianda, who it, it was just them, like literally just, it was just them. It's a two person play for 90 minutes. And I was like fifth in line and I was the last person to get a matinee ticket. So they still had tickets for the evening show. But I didn't, I, I would, I, I was like, you know, I'll stay for the evening, but I, I, I really want to see the matinee so that I can, you know, just get dinner and go home afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I was the last person to get a ticket for the matinee. I was so excited. Nice. <laughs> Winner. Yeah. <laughs> I was so, I was so excited. Yeah. And that play was one of my favorite things I've seen. It was amazing. Their chemistry, the script, the direction, the lighting, everything it was, it was production wise. It was really fascinating. And then I stage doored that show because there was nobody there. They didn't normally at stage doors they have those barricades, like the the little like mini fence things, the metal mini fence things. I don't know how to describe them. <laughs> we all we and know this what one they did it. Yep. Yeah, this one they didn't because like nobody really stayed for some reason, and the two of them just walked out. They're both huge, like they're so tall. They're gods, and. They're gorgeous people. They're two of the most gorgeous people I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, Hugh Dancy, I've never been starstruck in my life except for Hugh Dancy. So I, I had my playbill, and I had them sign it, and I, I had Nina Arianda signed it, and I signed it, and I asked her what her favorite part about playing the character was, and she told me, and she was like, that's such a nice question. Thank you for asking me that. And I was like, ah! And then I went over to Hugh Dancy, and I was like, you did such a wonderful job. Thank you so much, and blah, blah, blah. And, like, and he looked at me, and in his, like, beautiful British accent, he was just, he, like, looked at me in the eyes and smiled, and was like, thank you so much for coming. Oh, my oh, gosh. And I, asked, and I like, like, time froze, because he is <laughs> seriously one of the most beautiful people in the world. Yeah. Like, he, like, it was just, like, glowing sun. Like, I was I'm like, in the presence oh. of a god. <laughs> I, I did feel like I was in the presence, presence of gods. They, and like I said, I will never stop gushing about just how nice they were. And they were not fakely, like, celebrity nice. Like, oh, thank you. Wow. They were like, Genuinely thanks so nice. much for coming, everybody. Did you enjoy the show? Did you guys have a nice time? And they've been doing this, they'd been doing this show for a while, because it went from off-Broadway to Broadway. 
And they were, and they had another show later that evening and they were so excited to just stand. They stood around and talked to us for like 15 minutes. It was me and like five other people maybe. It was so cool. It was one of the <laughs> coolest stage door experiences I've ever had. Cause it was just like, and I don't, like I, I said this in a different, in the episode when we were talking about Matilda, but like I, I don't stage door that much because it's, or I didn't, I don't live in New York anymore. So I obviously can't now. Right. But I, I didn't, I stopped doing it after a while. Like once I started going to more shows when I was in college, because it's just like. Sometimes it can be awkward. It or feels feel a little strange. Yeah. It feels a little awkward. You want to let people just live their lives, yeah. like all that stuff. If there's someone you really want to meet, then I get it. Like, whatever. But, like, so, like, my mom and I, my mom and I have done it a couple times when there's somebody we really want to meet. But I, I stopped doing it during my freshman or sophomore year of college, even, because I was just like, you know what? I get it. Yeah. <laughs> You're tired. <laughs> Especially for some of the, like, some of the really, really exhausting shows. Yeah. Like, there are some shows where it's like, like, there was, a, I saw Helen Cumming doing, do a one-man Macbeth. And I, I staged door it just to see if he would come out. Cause I was like, I almost just want to see if he's going to come out and say anything to people at first. And he did. He was very like, thank you for coming everyone. He like signed some things. Just like, very tired and, like, though, you could tell. Yeah. But I was like, good for him. I do have a lot of respect for people who do stage door after, after shows like that. Yeah. I will never fault someone for not stage dooring. Like there's one of my favorite actors who doesn't stage door. I won't say their name, but uh, like Broadway performers that doesn't stage door and I used to get mad about it when I was like younger I'd be like oh why don't they stage door I just want to meet them it's like they just want to live their life they yeah. just want like let them live their life it's not that they don't want to meet you it's just that, that that's exhausting that's a really exhausting thing to do especially after being on stage and working for two and a half hours right it's hard and like I the only time so like I don't I don't fault anyone for not stage dooring what I do, I don't want to say fault people, but what disappoints me is when people stage door. And then don't, don't they say, don't they door. just walk right by. No, because like that's basically the same thing. It's when people are mean, because oh. I've seen a couple times when people, like people will like try and get them to be like, well, I love your work. Would you sign this? And they will like look at them in the eye and go like, no. And it's like, I understand people are tired, but just like a smile and a wave. That's fine. Smile and nod. Yeah, honestly, some people are more touchy about that. And there's always going to be people who are going to be like, oh, if they don't stage door, if they if they don't sign my thing, like, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, who cares? Like, chill. Right. You're, uh, mm. yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I think the only show I have rushed, because we didn't rush any when I was visiting you. But when I was there with your mom and your sister, we rushed the band's visit. So we got there super yeah. early to get tickets for that and that was a really good show i love rushing i think that rushing i think that lotteries are i don't want to say they're better digital lotteries are great yes. because you don't have to you go don't have line to up so i nice. love digital lotteries and i like lotteries for bigger shows so like lotteries for uh the book of mormon and hamilton, hamilton and all those ones like that makes sense yeah. for smaller shows student rush makes sense and rush general rush makes sense but what I don't like is the when the box office open rushes because what is better is the two hours before rush mm -hmm. because that way people will start lining up like a couple hours before that and you don't have to worry about getting there at 6 a.m. for a 10 a.m. box office open, mm -hmm. which I had to do for Venus and Fur. So I was there for like four hours and I had a book and I had work and I like I, I had my iPod, I think, at that point. So I was like, I knew I, I knew how to handle myself. 
doesn't mean I like yeah, it. Yeah, but you're still Sometimes, not comfortable just yeah. sitting <laughs> out on the concrete waiting. Yeah. Sometimes you'll get lucky and you'll go to rush a show and it's been hours since the box office opened and they'll have tickets left over. And it might not be because they had tickets left over. They might have actually had people who called and canceled. And so they'll, they're able to resell those tickets. Mm-hmm. And so you might be able to just get those tickets. There's also TKTS and hot ticks and stuff which is all also really good because it's all discounted tickets and that's how ethan and i saw the waverly gallery when we went last october and i'll always be bitter the waverly gallery was great and i'm glad we saw it but i'll always be bitter that that the spongebob musical closed right before we went yeah i always wanted to see that when it first was announced that it was coming out i'm like that's gonna be stupid i don't want to see that but then so much about how good it was yep like the squidward tap (laughs) dance scene with this extra um appendages or whatever i'm just like that looks so fun i really want to see that so when my family was in disney in january it was the festival of the arts and the festival of the arts they have broadway stars who will do performances a couple nights a week or i mean i think it's every night but they alternate who's there every night and then on the saturday of the week they have all of them, all four of them sing together for like a joint show. That's so cool. I never knew that they did that for Festival of the Arts. Mm-hmm. I've been missing out. It alternates every, they do two weeks of it. And the du- one of the duos that were there when we were there was Heidi Blickenstaff and Gavin Lee. And Gavin Lee is the guy who was Squidward oh, in the SpongeBob nice. musical. And he didn't sing the SpongeBob musical song. Did he do the tap dance though? No, he didn't do he didn't do the tap dance to the Squidward song or anything because Squidward obviously is not owned by Disney. Right. But he did do a tap dance to In Summer. Oh, that would be so fun to see. I don't like Frozen. But that's a good I don't tap like dance In Summer, well. but that it was so cute. <laughs> and he was so excited. And when you know there's that part where instead of saying puddle he says happy snowman and uh-huh. a bunch of people shouted puddle and he just stood there and put his hand on his hip and looked at everyone and he just I don't think he said anything but he just sighed. It was oh. so cute. It was precious. Um and then Heidi Blickenstaff, she was in a uh, title of show and she's been in like the little mermaid musical and she was recently in the Freaky Friday musical remake well remake musical. That is a decom that we'll be watching, I think, next season. And she is a powerhouse. Like, she's insane. She has an insane voice. And she sang Poor Unfortunate Souls. Ooh. And it was, like, nice. soul-shattering. It was so good. <laughs> and the other two people were wonderful as well. But, like, those two, I was just, I like, I was so excited to see them anyway. And it was just, like, it, it was really fun. Yeah. It was really cool. How did I not know that they brought... Broadway people down for Festival of the Arts. And why have I never gone during Festival of the Arts? What's wrong with me? You didn't me? go with us. What's wrong We've with me? We've been to the Festival of the Arts. Oh, no, that was in 2017, and you didn't go then. We went to the Festival of the Arts in 2017, which was the first Festival of the Arts, and so there was a lot that they were still learning about what they wanted to do, and it's gotten a lot better. I don't want to say better, but it's gotten a lot bigger and cleaner, and they've, they've, they've figured out what they want to do, and it's really lovely. Yeah. And when we went in 2017, they did have some singers, but it was less... They were still very famous, like Broadway. They they get people who have been in Disney shows on Broadway or on tours. Yeah, that makes so sense. like Gavin Lee was in Mary Poppins on Broadway. Heidi Blickenstaff was in The Little Mermaid. The other two people were both in The Lion King. Uh, the guy who was in Tarzan, the original Aladdin, who we saw when he was on tour, 
who else did they have? They had a bunch of people. But, like, that's their criteria is that you have to have done something that was Disney, which is kind of dumb, but whatever. Yeah. I f- but the first year that we were there, I think it was only, they only had shows on Saturdays. Like, they didn't do multiple shows. It was just the one show. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was fun. And my dad, my dad is a sucker for tap. I love tap. We all my love tap. If tap. you don't love tap, what's wrong with you? But my dad, my dad loves tap. Like, he will melt whenever someone tap dances. Like, he thinks it's so cool. And so I, he didn't know who Gavin Lee was. He didn't even know about the Spongebob musical. I had shown my mom gavin lee at the tony awards doing the squidward dance and she was even my mom hates spongebob like she Mm -hmm. my mom doesn't really like cartoons and it kills me inside but she liked some of them hated spongebob it was like the sound of the voices just grates on her ears and she doesn't think it's funny and she doesn't like the art style and so she was like this musical is gonna be dumb and i showed her the costume designs which those costume designs are some of my favorite. Like they gave Sandy an afro to imitate her. Uh-huh. It her, was like her so air ball. creative. Just mm-hmm. the color coordinating for SpongeBob with his bow tie and his bow tie, his hair. Um, uh, Patrick's spiked up like front hair, and then his Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. And then Mr. Krabs has boxing gloves. Mm-hmm. Plankton is wearing a pinstripe suit and an eye patch. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so really sad that the it best ended design. so... I wonder if a lot of people were just thinking like your mom, like, I hate Spongebob. I'm not going to no. see this. So it closed because it didn't win the Tony. Oh, that's really? It. That's... Mm-hmm. Does that happen a lot with shows? They don't win yep. and then... That's so sad. Yep. That happened. So there's a story in my family where my family really liked the You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown revival of 1999. And... My sister and I have this tradition that we've had since we were kids. We haven't done it in years because we haven't been in a car together for long periods of time. But we used to pick three characters that we would sing and we would only sing their parts. And then the other person would sing the other three parts. And she was always Charlie Brown and she was always Snoopy. And I was always Sally and Linus. And then we would flip-flop Schroeder and Lucy. But finally we realized that I was always Lucy and she was always Schroeder almost always. So now we just, uh, probably when I hit about eight... We both went, okay, these are your three. These are my three. Mm-hmm. And so it's funny because it's like, I've listened to that soundtrack so many times, but there's still some lyrics from her side that I don't know. And there's definitely still some from my side that she probably doesn't know. But it's 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 one thing that my parents like love. They love that we did. And we did this just like ourselves as kids. And sometimes sometimes my parents would just throw on the, the CD and go, are you guys going to sing? And we'd be like, okay. And so we would do long distance car trips at least once or twice a year because my parent, my mom's parents lived in Massachusetts and her family was in Massachusetts. So we would drive out to Massachusetts. And this all started because we went to Camp Snoopy in Mall of America in Minnesota when I was five, which was when this revival came out. And uh, it was really exciting. And so we were, and we were listening to this musical on the way to Camp Snoopy, which was the indoor theme park in Mall of America at the time, which is now mm-hmm. Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon Universe, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we went out to Massachusetts later that year, or later in, in the, down the line when it was the Tony Awards time in June, and I remember being at gr- my grandma's house and watching the Tony Awards live and watching Kristen Chenoweth sing My New Philosophy live, and they lost the Tony to Annie Get Your Gun, which I understand in a lot of ways because Annie Get Your Gun is a way bigger production you're gonna be on charlie brown is like this sweet little show but it closed because it lost the tony for best revival and my parents had like planned a whole trip to go out to new york for us to see it but it closed in like two weeks 
That sucks. Like, it closed so rapidly. Yeah, this happens all the time. And SpongeBob lost the best new musical to The Band's Visit, which you can't compare the two of those shows. Yeah. You just can't. They are apples They're so and different. potatoes, Yeah, basically. like, I love The Band Visit, The Band's Visit, and it's probably one of my favorite musicals I've seen, but it's definitely not the same huge it's production as the SpongeBob mm-hmm. musical probably was. Oh no, it's completely different. It's it's it's, it's a completely different style mm-hmm. and they both have their merits. But fun fact about the Tony Awards of the My New Philosophy Tony Awards, there is a Tony Awards compilation set. It's called The Tony's Lost Treasures and it's it's four discs technically, but one of the discs is quote unquote straight plays that they have clips from, which is cool, but it's all from, like, the same era because they only did that for, like, a couple of years. Is This is, like, audio disc, right? Not recordings. No, it's a DVD. Oh, really? Yeah, they're DVDs. Really I have a copy and my, my parents have a copy. And I used to watch them all the time. And on one of the discs, there's Kristen Chenoweth singing My New Philosophy. A lot of all of the things that they could have used over the years. This was from, like, it max, like, 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, out of all of the things they could have used for 30-something years of Tony Awards at that point they like recorded tony awards because they only started having real recorded tony awards in the 70s -hmm. good i should say good quality recordings um they chose my new philosophy it is so it's so strange like the one tony awards that i had watched as a kid it's such a such a bizarre thing but anyway (laughs) anyway back to scream team movie I feel like we always venture off to theater and broadway somehow in our it's related enough um, okay, so wh- since we were talking about it before this, let's just jump into the datedness. So, like we said, this movie is timeless in a really unique way where it feels like it can be from a bunch of different times as opposed to being from no time or from very much this one time, yeah. which is kind of nice because it does add to the charm. And I feel like that goes with the effects too. Like, some of them feel like they're from the 90s, and some of them feel like they're yeah. from the 2000s, sometimes even the 2010s. They're they're either really good or they're they're there's not so no great. gray area. Yeah. There's no gray area of the effects. They there's so there's always the the ghosts effect, and the ghost effect is not bad. It's that's like the one effect that I'll say is like maybe only gray area because it's like they flatten out the picture of the person, brighten like the hue and saturation so that it's very bright, mm-hmm. and then they make them like warble around, and it looks fine. It doesn't look bad. Right, they're just a little bit more flat than. You would think. Yeah. But yeah, they look fine. But there's that awful fire. There's so much fire (laughs) in this movie because the main villain, Zachariah Call. Oh, I didn't do my explanation. I'll do that in a second. The main villain, Zachariah Call, is like a fire ghost. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Here's the description of this movie that's a little little better. Not a little better. A little... More detailed. More filled out. Yeah. So there's these two kids, Ian and Claire, and they're at their grandfather's funeral, and they're very close to their grandfather, but their dad is all bitter because their their grandfather didn't really like him that yeah, much. So he's and he a keeps saying all these awkward things to say in front of your kids who yeah. got along with their grandfather at their funeral. So terrible. Well, I wish that he had spent time with me like he spent with you guys. Right. Okay, Dad, thanks. But basically, Ian sees the ghost of his grandfather kind of just in, like, the warbly farm, and, like, he needs to know what's happening, and then he catches Jumper, who's one of the the three Scream Team members, who is played by... <laughs> the only thing that I know him from 
is uh, Black Dynamite, where he played Cream Corn, and he is so funny. And that movie is one of the funniest movies of all time. <laughs> I have it written and I down was so on excited. my page. I'm like, I need to find this movie and watch it. It's so funny. It's a satire of black exploitation, and it's it's so funny. <laughs> you, if you're gonna watch it though, watch it with. I was gonna say watch that one too, huh? Me. Okay. Yeah, because it's more not because it's like okay, it won't be funny if you watch it by yourself. It's so much more fun to watch that movie with other people, so you can laugh and and joke about it with other people while you're watching it. Like, I watched it for the first time with Ethan and Daryl, and Daryl hadn't seen it before, and Ethan had seen it before, and I hadn't seen it before. And it's, it's, we quote it, I think, daily. It's so funny. <laughs> All right, it's I need so to get funny. in on this movie. Anyway, um, so he's captured, and then Eric Idle appears. He's his, like, p- work partner. And then they follow him back to the headquarters of what is basically, like, a afterlife way station where people are basically jumping through the portal into the afterlife but they have to do all their bureaucratic stuff first and it's very fun and i, I love, love the idea of i it. love that idea it's and it's set in this old abandoned house or mansion yeah out mansion in the basement. woods it's so it's so fun it reminds me i said this when we were watching it but it reminds me of beetlejuice mm-hmm. when they go to the afterlife lawyer basically and there's all the waiting room stuff it's so i love that style of stuff i love campy goofy but real i'm trying to think of the right word but like caring looks into how the afterlife would work bureaucratically yeah which is like a very it's specific so niche of stuff that you like but it's it is very fun it is but i love it i think that's part of the reason why i like this movie then they realize that there's their their grandfather has been taken by the ghost of zachariah cull who is this guy from 200 and something years in the past who loves fire was burned <laughs> so at the fire. stake because he he he's thought to have burned his wife in their house when it turns out that all he was doing was discovering natural gas and how to harness it for fire mm-hmm. and so everyone thought he he was a witch basically and so he's the main villain but he's somehow able to have his firepower like have have these firepowers that he didn't even have in the real world in the afterlife uh-huh. And and so the whole idea is to try. The town has also ha- started this festival about Zachariah Cull and all of the the ideas of him being like this fire witch, and they have to try and stop that that festival because it's not it's not real and it's angering him and not letting him cross over. At the same time, they have to rescue Jumper because Jumper got taken by Zachariah Cull and. And basically, the dad has to understand that his kids are good kids, and they learned a lot from their grandfather, and inventing is cool. Because at the end, the <laughs> Halloween fair gets turned into a, an invention fair. fair. Yeah. yeah. So there's obviously more to it than that, but it's... I, that's that's the gist. Yeah. I could go on for longer. Right. But If you want to know more, watch the movie. Yeah. This movie has a great script. The story is fine. It could have done with a little bit more... A little bit more time in the oven, but it's got, it's just got a great script. The dialogue dialogues is fun. are good. It's, the jokes are yeah, timeless. I would say I don't think there were any distasteful jokes in this one. No, there were. But they any were just so funny. Jokes. A lot of the lines we wrote down, and we'll read through them later. But the guy who who the guy who uh was the one of the story creators on this movie was a miscellaneous crew for Beetlejuice. Oh, interesting. Let's see. He was a writer. The last thing he wrote was the Scream Team. But he's a visual effects artist now, which is cool. And then the other writer was Dan Berenson, who's done a bunch of stuff. 
and he's the one that we were I, he, we've talked about him before oh haha weirdly enough he also wrote up up and away so that was bad but he's he also wrote stuck in the suburbs eddie's million dollar cook-off halloween high which we're watching next twitches uh twitches 2 cheetah girls one world hannah montana the movie wizards of waverly place the movie camp rock 2 and teen beach 2 hmm. so i thought that he maybe wrote teen beach 1 and that's why i was excited but he just wrote teen beach 2 but and of course we don't know how what teen beach 2 is like yet because we haven't no. seen it <laughs> i do like stuck in the suburbs though i do remember that was one of my movies i watched a lot as a kid so, this is not a bad track record of movies. Up, Up, and Away is his first DCOM. Hope and all went up from there. <laughs> early DCOM, and I'll give him some credit on it. But this script, this script was great. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it was heightened naturalistic dialogue, which is what I always ask for. Yep. And you brought up before that we weren't talking as much during this movie as we normally do, just back no. and forth, because we're usually making fun of stuff, and we weren't. We weren't doing that a lot. The only we really talked was if there was a joke that we really liked, if there was terrible effects. Yeah. Otherwise, we were just, like, enjoying the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was really fun. And the kid who played Ian did such a good job. Mm-hmm. He was... So, Ian and Clara are supposed to be, like, equal, but Ian is definitely the main character of the, of the, of the movie. And he was a well-written, grounded character who was performed so well and the kid who played him is still acting he's been doing tv shows he hasn't gotten his like big thing like cat dennings did but he's been he's been steadily working which is great yeah i feel like none of the whole finding the ghosts and everything nothing would have happened without him he was the one who found the ghosts and caught it in the jar he's the one who took them out to the woods to find this place he was the one initiating everything stealing the books yeah and he was the one that was like really really close to the grandfather like Claire was also close, but he was the one that was like also really into inventing, and he like his he was way closer to his grandfather than he was to his dad. Yeah, and you could tell because Claire was calling out for the spirit of their grandfather, and he wasn't responding. And then Ian's like, I can't remember exactly what yeah. he said, but he said it in the voice he would normally use with his grandfather, and the ghost came right yeah. out, kind of, and then um, went away, which is kind of <laughs> crap on the grandfather. Like, yeah, that's not you. way to pick favorites. <laughs> But I'm wondering if it's because she was saying it in such a weird, like, spirit of grandfather, come out, or something weird like she that. Was, and then yeah. he's just like, yo, grandpa, <laughs> where you at? No, that's definitely true. In regards to ranking this movie for timeless, for its its datedness, I'm struggling. I, I'm trying to think of what I would compare it to. Of like charm, but it's it, I can't really compare it to like the the like really the high fantasy basically of like Xenon. It's definitely above, up up and away just because compare it to the writer. But oh yeah, it's way above that for me. I think it's above you wish, for me at least because you wish. Some of it was like really cringy two thousand and whatever three where it was like those the the long jean skirt or over jeans like it was just kind of like the only things that like clothing wise that i saw that i was like none of that was cat dennings wore this like pink camo long sleeve under (laughs) yeah under under a puffy vest and then she wore the jean outfit but it was like they were really 
charming. That was more like cowbells in like it was like a really charming look at how they used to dress, except for those chopsticks and cowbells. Oh my god. <laughs> I've starstruck at a seven. I'm thinking I'm gonna give this a six five. Yeah. I was thinking I, I wanna go above this I wanna go slightly more than don't look under the bed. Oh yeah, I gave don't look under the bed a six. Five. Yeah, so I think I might give this one a seven, which is same as Halloween Town, and I feel like that evens out because Halloween Town had more of the nostalgic charm for me. This mm. one doesn't have the nostalgic charm, but I feel like overall it, like for other yeah, people, it holds up time. A lot higher than Halloween Town. Yeah, so I don't have the, I don't, I don't feel the charm as much, but that's fine. Yeah, so I think I'll give this one a seven too. Seven also. <laughs> I'm gonna give this a six seven five. Because it is better than Don't Look Under the Bed, but I don't think it's... <sighs> I have Starstruck at a 7, and I don't know if it's as good as... It's not as good as... But that might also just be because of the... the there aren't as many effects in Starstruck. I'm, st- I'm just going to give it a 6, 7, 5. Quarter point. And maybe, maybe down the road I'll bump it up if there's other stuff and I go, no, this is better. But for now, I think the only thing that really keeps it from not feeling totally timeless are some of the really bad fire effects Mm -hmm. and some of Kat Denning's clothes. But the clothes are so much less offensive than those fire effects. Those fire effects are atrocious. Yeah, which is funny because from far the fire effect from far away with the house, we're like, okay, that looks good. And then it gets closer closer up and we're like, no. And then it gets really close to the camera. Yeah. Um, The worst fire effect in any theatrical release movie I have ever seen is Get Out. In Get Out... There's fire in Get Out? There is. There's the fire... It's been so long since I saw that. ...in the surgical room after uh, he, the main guy is escaping, and you just see it on, like, a, a sheet dangling off one of the surgical beds. Uh-huh. And it's just, like, copy and paste CGI Oh, no, fire. really? That's a recent movie, too. It's from That's... 2017 or something. Yeah, it's so bad. It's wow. Everything I need else to... <laughs> about that movie is great. But that is. I feel like I need to. It's been probably since 2017 that I watched that, and I own it on Blu-ray. I should probably watch it tonight. Yeah, next time I watch it, I'll pay attention for that though. It's so it's <laughs> atrocious. Ethan and I were like totally in the movie. We were so excited for it, and then we saw that fire, and we were just like, oh, no. <laughs> oh no. The budget ran out. <laughs> right? They didn't have enough for the fire. Okay. Moving on to the moral. I have only two, I think. So I only have, oddly enough, for a movie that I liked as a kid, I only have a post-it and a half. And most of it is quotes. Because like I said, it was just entertaining. It wasn't like there was a lot to nitpick. Uh-huh. If, yep. Unless we really wanted to be like, well, this scene, this happened, and this blah, blah, blah. But I just was like, you know what? This is... I just want to talk about the fun quotes. Yeah. How many how many morals do you have, Sarah? I have... Let's see. How many of these like tie into each other? I have four written down, but a couple oh of God, them probably like pair together, and then there's funny ones. Well, not funny, but like yeah. joke ones. <laughs> you can go first. For example, I have... Everybody dies. <laughs> yeah. Which isn't the moral, but it's just something that they said. And it's just, oh, yeah, that's so true. Let's see. I have, if you focus too much on anger, you forget what you love. Yeah. I said, don't let anger and hate consume you. Yeah. That was then, one of mine. Yeah. Like tying into that, I have love conquers hate slash evil. But I think that's mostly for Zachariah Call's character. It doesn't really work for any other any of the other yeah. ones, but that's his big moral. Yeah. 
And the main one I have is focus on the present. Don't fixate too much on the past. Like live in the moment. But I think... Mm. I think so. The other one that I have, the real, the one that I think is the real one, ties into to really ties into everybody dies. I have death is just a part of life. Yeah, it's just a part of living, and I really feel like that is the moral of this movie because of how they treat death. Yeah, they treat death which with such candor, and I I don't want to say this, but like I, it's really what it is. They treat it with such love and care. Yeah. Where they're just trying to teach kids that death is not scary. Death yep. is not a bad thing. It's just a part of life. Everybody's going to die. It's... Yeah. It's like they... I think one of the first things they said when they got to that way station thing was when the people are coming in that have died, they say, we're smiling, we're dead, we're not depressed. Yeah, we're and we're walking and we're smiling. We're dead. We're not depressed. Yeah, it's just like okay, that's that's really such cute. a good line. Yeah. yeah, this movie, it's it, it's handling of death, especially in a children's movie, is fantastic. It's honestly beautiful. It's mm-hmm. it really it doesn't treat death as like oh their grandfather died and it's horrible yeah it one of the first things that i wrote down is the dad walks in and they're watching this movie the two of them are at the funeral the kids and their dad and the rest of the people they're the kids are sitting down watching a video that they took with their grandfather with this pumpkin carving machine and their dad walks in and he goes why are you watching this movie it's not appropriate right now and ian goes what's the point of a memorial if you aren't supposed to remember mm-hmm. i loved that i loved that because I think that a memorial and wakes specifically, so many people treat them as like these, thank you for coming, it's really awful, like la la la, which is like, yeah, that happens because people are upset that a loved one has died. But the most amazing memorials that I've been to have been the two from my mom's parents, my two maternal grandparents, and my mother's best friend's husband. And they were celebrations of life. They were full of stories and love and memories and every and nobody wore uh, nobody wore black and I, I maybe to my to my mom's friend's husband's funeral but to my grandparents funerals everyone wore just nice clothes i think my grandmother specifically they were like wear bright colors like wear wear colorful things she loved colors yeah and there was there were video slideshows and things and everyone was just there. There was one point where we all sat in a circle at my grandmother's and we talked about stories about my grandmother. And that was lovely. And at my grandfather's was the same thing where people could just stand up and talk about stories. And for my grandfather's, I talked about going to the New England Aquarium and seeing the jellyfish and how I used to say that my grandpa, who we called him Joe. His name was Richard, but we called him Joe. And I could never remember why. But he was Grandpa Joe. And in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, there's Grandpa Joe. And mm-hmm. I used to compare him to Grandpa Joe when I was a kid. And... The first time he took me to the New England Aquarium after he had moved into his condo there that was like literally around the corner from this aquarium. So whenever I went to visit him, we went to the New England Aquarium. The first time he took me there, uh, I was amazed and it was it was a jellyfish exhibit there. And and we were walking through the aquarium and I looked at him and I went, what are you thinking, Grandpa? And he looked at me and he said, this is my chocolate factory. And I just remember, I remember him saying that we were in the New England Aquarium, there's this like corkscrew going up that's like around this big inner tank. And I just remember walking up that past some of the jellyfish that were like standard exhibits there. And I just remember, I remember it. And so we went there all the time. And it was a lot of the time that it was just him and me because my mom and and my sister were off looking at colleges. Mm -hmm. 
and things like that because my sister ended up going to college out at Tufts near Boston. And then my grandmother, the story that we told, or that I don't know, if, I don't know if my mom told it, my sister told it, or I told it, but my grandmother was this five foot tall, kooky little woman, and she was the worst driver on the planet. And she had a convertible when I was like six years old and we went to get ice cream. And when I was six years old, I had a pixie cut because I was cool. And my sister had this big, long braid. And my grandmother loved ice cream. She would eat ice cream for lunch. Like anytime she came to visit us or we were with her, it was lunch ice cream. <laughs> and we went to get ice cream in this convertible. And <laughs> I'm eating my ice cream and the wind's all blowing, but I'm like, wee, this is fine. And I hear this screaming. I have this vivid memory in my brain of looking over and seeing my sister screaming because her braid is like flipping her ice cream across her face. And she's just like screaming. She's like 10 years old. And my mom looks back and she's just, my mom, I see my mom have this like, uh oh, because she's like, this isn't funny, but it's really funny. Yeah. I can't laugh because this is my daughter. And my grandmother, my grandmother busts the gut. She was like, uh oh. <laughs> But it was, and then That's I remember, funny. like, my sister was so upset, but my grandmother, my mom, and I were thinking it was so funny. <laughs> so, like, that's, and, and then I also have this memory of, like, fiddler crabs at my grandmother's house, because she lived right on the beach, and there were always fiddler crabs all the time. I, what's the point of having a funeral if you're not going to celebrate the person's life? Yep, that's always how I've looked at it, too. Yeah. Make it a fun remembrance. Why would yeah. they want you to be sitting there sad when you should be celebrating the life? And that reminds me of, um, I shared that album, Shana Tobbs' album on Facebook, mm. and her first song on there is called If I Die Before You. And it's all about that. Like, when I die, like, don't wear black. Everyone wears colorful things and everyone's dancing. There's a, a jazz band, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's just like an upbeat, peppy song. And I'm like, oh, my God, I love this. And I heard that on the Broadway XM station. And then I yeah. listened to the rest of the album. I'm like, oh my God, I love this whole thing. So I've just been listening yeah. to that whole album on repeat. That's what that's, um, this movie reminded me of is that one song. I'm just like, I love it. It's just so important because there's just, there's so few kids movies that celebrate death like that. I mean, Coco does. Because Coco is all about Coco. the Day of the Dead. But that's a recent movie. That didn't come out. And that's out. super recent. Yeah, that came out 15 years after this movie at least. Mm -hmm. And that's about a whole holiday dedicated to the Day of the Dead, which is part of the reason why I love the Day of the Dead. Because I just, I, uh, I, I mean, yeah, death scares me, but I'm so fascinated by people's stories. Yeah. That I think it's just, uh, if more cultures did something like Day of the Dead, I feel like mm -hmm. it wouldn't I'm sure be there such, are. I mean, I'm sure we'd still have anxieties about oh, death yeah, and everything, but I don't think it would be as bad as no because here in america it's just more common to everyone wears black to the funeral and it's you yeah. picture it in your head this rainy day and everyone's sad well, and i'm jewish so in 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 judaism death is super super mournful and you're supposed to sit shiva for a week and not do anything and be sad and it's super jewish like it's the most jewish thing in the world and i hate it mm -hmm. i'm not gonna sit shiva. if i'm gonna sit shiva i'm gonna be sitting next to a picture of whoever died and talking to them like they're still there. Yeah. And I'm going to be joking with them and I'm going to watch their favorite movies and I'm not just going to sit and be sad. That's not something I'm going to do. Because what's the point? Mm -hmm. What is the point? Why do you want to make yourself feel worse when yeah, that you should sounds be? Awful. I mean, yeah. And it's also mentally unhealthy. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's why I think that the moral of this movie is death is just a part of life. Yeah. Or a part of living. Yep. I think that's the main one. And then all the characters have their different ones. Like the dad with yeah. focusing on the present and not his past with his father. Yeah. And I love that moment at the end with the dad and the grandpa when the ghost of the grandpa comes mm-hmm. back and they're just sitting mm-hmm. and the grandpa says, or the dad says, don't you have to get going into the afterlife? And the grandpa says... Um, what does he say? Eternity can wait a couple more hours. And I thought that was just so sweet. It's so sweet. It's, I'm so, I'm so happy that this movie didn't turn out to just be another decom that is just a little cutie TV kids story, but actually had something, some substance to it. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it, it, it it's such an it's such an important lesson. I don't think I don't think we're gonna see again. Yeah, in a I don't think we will either. That's a unique one. Unless it's in one of the ones that's not Halloween. The other Halloween ones, I don't think it'll be in any of the the other two Halloween Town High one or the Halloween Town no, ones. No, I doubt it. I don't. I doubt it'll be an Invisible Sister, but it might. And then there's Mom's gonna date with a vampire, Phantom, Phantom of the, the Megaplex. Megaplex. Yeah, I don't uh, think those Twitches will. I think those are more just like zombies. Fun. Zombies might, but yeah, I think it's just gonna be more fun Halloweeny things. So I have such a deep appreciation mm-hmm. for this, in in regards to that. Yep, I wasn't anyway. expecting that out of this movie, but no. I'm happy about it. Yeah. Um. So part of the reason that this movie. Actually, I'm not going to say that. So an interesting thing about this movie is that it was originally supposed to be a TV series. And either this movie was like an extended pilot or it, instead of making it a TV show, they turned it into a movie just by condensing everything. And I'm so sad. I'm so sad that this movie not only didn't have a sequel, but was not a TV show because it would have been a great TV show. Agreed. It would have been so wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I'm... I'm I, I think it would have been fine even if it was, like, a, an animated TV show. So part of me wants to, like, send a message to Disney that says, I want to make this into a TV show. Like, I, I'm going to – I think I'm going to make designs for my portfolio based on this movie. You should. I want to. I would to. love really, that. Really, really – I really, really want to because I think – I think the message is so important. Like, I have – I out of all of the movies we – out of all of the movies we've watched so far, this is the moral that I am just like, this is the most important one. Mm-hmm. This is so important because it's so often overlooked and so often cast aside and it's uh, – yeah, I'm going to do it. So, I'll, obviously, when I'm done with them, I have a lot to work on, so it'll be a while, but I will We'll post I'll it post on them. the Instagram, on the Facebook. I wish that we'd gotten to learn a little bit more about the Scream team themselves, especially Kathy and Jimmy's character, because she was the most cast to the side. Yeah, that's what makes me wonder if this was supposed to be an extended pilot and then they were going to do, because the name of the movie is Scream Team, so you would think that they would talk more about them. Yeah. What did they, what did they call themselves? They didn't call themselves the Scream Team. They called themselves like the, the, the Ghost Patrol or something. Soul Patrol. Okay. Oh, that's really clever. I like that. I get why they didn't call the movie the Soul Patrol because that's a little bit weirder. But I'm also I also understand why they themselves didn't call themselves the Screen Team. So it's like I don't mind that there's not as much like crossover in that way. But I love the Soul Patrol, and it's just that's such it's a it's cute so name. it's so cute. That's what you should name if you draw them out like that. Call them the Soul Patrol. Yeah. The only person we kind of really learn even a little bit about is Jumper, because A, his name is Jumper, which is a nickname because he died 
um, sky jump, skydiving. Which is also a really cool thing about this movie is that all the people who are in this way station come mm-hmm. through dressed as they were when they passed away. Yeah. So you get There's like an Elvis impersonator. There's a guy who yeah, cheerleader walks by. Um, this yeah, we don't know if he was just a really old ghost from war era, like colonial oh, he was. war he era. Said, Eric Idle's character, he said yeah. that he's been there for two hundred and fifty years. Okay, so he so, was. Yeah. We're like, is he from that yeah. long ago, or was he a he reenactor yeah, person? <laughs> but I wish he was a reenactor. That would have been so funny. Um, but the the thing that I was trying to say before is that we never learned about Kathleen and Jimmy's character. And she's yeah, wearing she's a wedding dress. Bride. And she wants to see her family. And she talks about how, how excited she is to see her family. And uh, this thing at the end that was supposed to be really funny is that she's supposed to help them out. She, like, helps them out to get Zachariah called. But she's supposed to be really close to being able to just pass over herself and stop working there. But then she gets an indefinite extension because she caused a scene and that's supposed to be funny. That is so sad. Yeah, it was really sad. It was so sad. I'm like, this isn't funny. They could have done this in maybe a funnier way, but, like, she was... That's so sad. That just, like, that breaks my heart. She can't see her family. She must have done something terrible, and I want to know what it was. Like, why are they the three that are stuck there working? Yeah. Like, what did they do? And that's what's so fascinating to me. So I, I'm I'm sad that this was never a TV show. And like I said, for, for, for two major reasons. One, it's a great premise, and two, it's got a great message. Yeah. We just want to know more. We want more details in a TV show. <laughs> but we'll appreciate the movie as we oh, have yeah. it. Like, we'll definitely take that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. This is the part that I don't know what to do. And it's the ranking, the overall ranking. Are, did you rank? Are we ranking the moral? Oh, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, so ranking the moral. Um, I'm going to rank this moral really dumb high. And I almost, I'm going to give it a 9.5. Yeah. I was honestly thinking or debating between a 9.5 and a 10, but I'm like, I feel like I can't give a 10. I don't know why not, because I feel like this is the moral I'm going to think this is, is the, the best. One, it's like it, it's going to be the one that's like down the road. It'll probably be a 10. Most likely, I'm never going to give a 10 until we're done. I know. That's why it's like, I, I just feel like I can never give an A plus or a 10 until we go through yeah. them all and make sure. So I'll, I'll do a 9.5 as well. I think that's well. okay. And if people are upset about it, then too bad. Yeah. We'd rather be, I don't want to say unbiased, but we'd rather we be We want to be careful. optimistic towards the yeah. future movies, too. Exactly. We don't want to just say... So this reminds me of Solo and Ensemble when they had those special awards. So in this this music competition when we were growing up, you could get um, anywhere from, I think, a five to a one. Mm-hmm. And a five was And then you could really get a bad. starred one and go to state. Yeah. But at state level specifically, the highest was a one. Mm-hmm. And that was the highest that anyone could get. But... Judges had two special awards that they could give to people that they thought did a really amazing job and did better than a one, but they could only give them to two people, and they could not save it to the end. They could only give it to people that they were like, nope, this person deserves it. And ha ha ha, I got one for singing. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't think I deserved it. I think that it, I, I genuinely don't think that I deserved it. I think that if he'd waited the entire day, he would not have given it to me. But... I'm not going to be mad about it. Nope. You take that award. It's so strange to me that they weren't allowed to wait till the end of the day. That sucks for people going last. Yeah, it sucks. Like, there were, I mean, there were probably judges who were really stingy and really waited. Yeah. In that case, I guess it would be good to be last because then they're like, well, I don't have anyone else to give it to. Here you go. Yeah. But I was bummed because I had two state singing songs that year. It was my junior year of high school. I was there for three things. I was there for my saxophone solo, which I got a one. My 
uh, musical theater solo that I got a one and my classical singing solo, which I got a one and special award. And I was bummed because I wanted to get the special award in my musical song. Because <laughs> I sang Adelaide's The Ment and I had been like saving that song. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to be so good. And then I didn't get a special award, but I still got a one. <laughs> like, so Can't I like, complain. Yeah. You remember that no. time we did a duet at Solo and Ensemble and we did not practice enough for that? No, I had completely forgotten. Rem- Wasn't that required in band? To practice? Or to... Well, to you do- have to do at least one thing. And I think that year I I was doing clarinet choir. I did my solo because I did a solo every year. And then I did two different duets and you were one of them. I so I didn't have to do that many, but we were like we should be best friends and do a solo and ensemble together and we just didn't practice at all and i what think we, we got get? i think we got like a 2 <laughs> i think we did get a 2 but we didn't want to go to state yeah no we weren't going to go to state we were just like we're just doing it for fun yeah and it was totally fine and i it think that fun. same year i got i think that same year i went to state for my solo so i was like i was wasn't that my mad freshman year i think no i think that was your sophomore year and my junior year cuz i don't think yeah. we would have Done that. T- I don't think we would have done a duet together. Oh, no, my sophomore year was the year that I did my I did my saxophone solo. My my junior year I didn't do my saxophone solo. Not that this matters in any way. No, but my junior year was the year that I got my my vocal solo. Was it? Yeah, I still had my short year my junior year. Okay, yeah, yeah. I feel like we both just had so many other things going on that we were just mm-hmm. like not focused on that duet, but it was still fun. <laughs> my sophomore year, I didn't get to go for my classical singing, and I was pissed. Because the judge, my vocal, my voice teacher was my accompanist and she was there when I did my classical solo at solo and ensemble my, my, my sophomore year. And she was livid because that she knew this judge and this judge was not giving anyone state passes at all. If you looked at their the overall sheet at the end of it, they gave one person yeah, a state pass. That was my senior year for my solo. Like the judge that yeah. I had didn't send anyone there and I was... So, so mad because it was my senior year. I'm like, you're going to give me yeah. a one and not a star one. I didn't one. do it my senior year. And I'm kind of, I didn't do it my senior year because I had already gotten the vocal, the like special award. And I knew that if I did it and didn't get a special award, I would be upset. But I'm kind of sad. I I like wish that I'd finished it off because I loved it. It was fun. Mm-hmm. I love, I love music competitions. Why not? I hated it, but I still did it. And I liked it when it was done. I just get so... Ner- We've talked about this before, too, about yeah. you have the muscle memory that really kicks in, and I just... I don't Can have that. I get so nervous. <laughs> I've only had that muscle memory kick in once, though. And it was at it was for the concerto concert. That's it. That's the only time that I've been solely muscle memory. And that was scary. That was so scary. I don't think you understand. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm appreciative that I had it because I thought that I was going to die. I was like, I'm not going to be able to play anything. I'm just going to stand here and look like an idiot. Yeah. And then I started. And then I just went. Oh, my gosh. I just went. It was horrifying. It was so I, scary. I auditioned for the concerto concert. And I'm so glad I didn't get it because I would never have been able to play in front That's of a scary. full audience like that doing a solo. Mm-mm. I think I think our teacher like made me audition for that and I was like I have no desire to do that yeah. and I did the audition and I <laughs> so happy. I was really excited to do the concerto concert because 4 years earlier my sister got to do a concerto concert. She was chosen to play marimba. So and the other thing is if you get chosen to do the concerto concert then you get a nice plaque in the, the hallway park. forever. Mm-hmm. Um well and you 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 get your name gets added to the plaque. So if I ever really wanted to know who did the concerto concert, I could go to the high school whenever this pandemic is done and look at the plaque yeah. slash ask your sister to do it for me. Um <laughs> You know what else you get a plaque for? Senior awards, I'm pretty sure. 
I'll never understand why you didn't get an award. I, I mean, so I, the thing is, I do understand, but like, I'll never, I'll never be, I'll never accept it. But I anyway. won't either. I was so anyway. mad. Mm-mm. So, nine five. I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally side with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, now actually going to the overall. I'm so torn. I, I genuinely don't know what to give this movie. Because I feel like I feel like I'm gonna be giving it a lot, based on my nostalgia. But the thing is, it's not even that I thought that it was that good. It was just like in, in regards to my nostalgia. No, it's not. That's not what I'm trying to say. It's not like I thought it was like perfect, and my rose-colored glasses were just seeing weren't seeing the faults in it. Because it's not. It's but, not. It's not perfect. I mean, you know how I feel about it. It's your personal rating, and if people have a problem with that, yeah, give it whatever you want to give it. That's you know, know. that that's my view of things. I don't know what to give it. That's the thing. I'm torn. I'm so torn. I'm probably gonna. I'm probably gonna give this the same as I did for Halloween Town an A minus, even though I don't have the nostalgia. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because I was like, I was like, I don't think it's good enough for a B plus. Like, so I'm gonna give it a B plus. I'm surprised you're not going higher. It's possible that down the road I'll move it up. Yeah. Well, I'm like, I can't give it any lower than Halloween Town because I also realize Halloween Town its effects has its flaws. Yeah. But this one has fewer flaws, but it's less nostalgic for me, but it has the charm. So it's like all these things where I think they just balance out. Right. Part of the reason that I'm not giving it an A minus, I think, is that it's not quite as good as I remember. And not as good is not the right term. It's not quite it's not quite what I remember, number one. But I remember there being a little more meat to it than there was. But that's that's it. Maybe down the road I'll bump it up to an A minus because I've only got two A movies at all. Yeah. I've got Xenon and Oh no, did I give no I gave you Wish of B plus. Dang it. Yeah. And I think the the moral, since I mean we've already talked about how much we really love the moral. I think it. yeah, the moral really makes it at that A A minus level for me. The moral is so strong. Mm-hmm. And the so, fact yeah, that no is... other movies will have that type of moral, like it's gotta no. be a it's gotta be an A minus. Yeah, so I'm going to keep it as a B plus for now, but it's definitely one of those ones that'll probably get bumped up. But we'll, it's possible that down the road I'll just bump everything up by a letter grade. Not everything, but like starting at like a, probably starting at like the Bs at the least, I'll probably start bumping them up. B minus is probably a bunch of them will get bumped up to a B. But yeah, I'm I'm okay with a B minus for now. Or B, B plus. plus. I'm okay with a B <laughs> plus for now. And if down the road I'm feeling an A minus, we'll see. But it's just... I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be honest with myself. <laughs> um, I don't, so I don't have, I don't have that much more um, on my post-its. We've talked about most of my quotes. Uh, I talked about how the, um, the dad is a, is just the most stereotypical decom parent. Yeah. He just doesn't understand his kids and is terrible. The sound effects at the beginning with the cake, the cake sound effect honestly oh yeah scared the me foley. like it made me jump because it was so loud <laughs> the foley in this movie was weird so foley is when you add sound effects after in like post-production and they were so squishy and loud it was really weird yeah i love when uh what's his name what's his actual name the the war guy ed ed when he was talking about how or the oh my gosh why can i not think of mariah when she mm-hmm. asked ed how many people are coming like how many kids there are and mm-hmm. he's like there's one and he's holding up and two fingers and he's fingers, like no two yeah. 
It was very funny. Speaking of Ed, one of my favorite moments in the movie is when Mariah is trying to open the jar yes. that jump they've captured <laughs> Jumper in. Mariah is um, uh, Kathy and Jimmy's character, and then Ed is Eric Idle, and she's trying to open Jumper's jar, and she's like, "You open it." She hands it to Ed, and Ed just grabs it, holds it off to the side, and drops it. Yeah, it, it just shatters open. <laughs> so funny, because I was like, "Okay, he's gonna open it really easily." What a dumb misogynistic joke. Yep, but nobody just drops it. Like, You're an idiot. Just drop it. He's a ghost. Who cares? So funny. Um, the captions for this one weren't that bad, but one of them that was really good was there was a, a, a parentheses one that says ghosts wailing mournfully <laughs> multiple times. Yeah. It was really funny. I have the quote. For once, I'd like to see someone in here who actually looks like their picture when they're reading the obituaries. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was really funny. Um, I have enjoy your stay in prison. Oh, yep. I have that one written down, too. I don't remember who said that, though. It was really funny. Oh, I think it was Ed. It was, was oh, yeah, because the, the kids were st- at the mine. Uh, <laughs> and yes. he's like, I can just disappear. Ha ha, enjoy your stay in prison. So, yeah, so they're leaving after they, they, they found Zachariah Call and then Jumper gets taken. And <laughs> they, they're they leaving and Ed goes, I've got it. And then he turns into his like flat little ghost form and leaves. And they're like, where are you going? He's like, I'm a ghost. I'm leaving. Enjoy your stay in prison. And it was <laughs> I love so it. funny. It was so funny. Um, when Mariah's talking about how good their rates are for death to afterlife ratio, and then they're like, oh yeah, we're second only to New Jersey, and everyone knows they doctor their books. <laughs> they doctor their books. It's so funny. I have one that says, could you be more specific? And then there was a transition that was so funny, and it was like, this is more specific. And it was like, it was just one of those, like, physical film comedy things that was so funny. <laughs> Um, uh, in the beginning when they're cleaning out their grandfather's house, they have like a big mounted fish. And when they were watching it, oh, when, yeah. when we were watching it, I was like, haha, they have a big mouth billy bass. As a That's joke. really funny. Yeah. As a joke. This thing could not be a big mouth billy bass. It's, it's way too big. It was like a tuna. And then when they're in, they're in one of the rooms later and right on the shelf, there's a big mouth billy bass, <laughs> which is one of those button, you press the button on and the fish t- and it'll yeah. sing like, uh, don't rock the boat or something. And it's. So I was beside myself. I'm like, I love this movie. Oh, I had another moral, but it was this is my joke moral, which is if you play with fire, you're going to get burned. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when, oh. when they're running around from Zachariah Cull in the, the mine and Ed mm-hmm. just says, I'm too old to die again. <laughs> yeah. Unsurprisingly, Eric Idle had some really good quips. The last thing that I have, I really didn't write that much down. The last thing I have is that the background music for the Ghost Way Station is the same background and transition music that is the royalty-free music that they use on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. The one that goes... Royalty-free. It's very funny. It wasn't the intro. So what's very funny is the intro, the one that goes like... That one, they've used... Uh, in the new Queer Eye series, there's the episode where they're at the fire station and they're like, and now the first dance between the fireman and his wife for their daughter. And then you just hear, I don't remember that. How do you it's remember so that funny. song from that episode? Because it was so funny. Probably because you've seen It's seen... Always Sunny. Yeah, yeah you... I've seen It's Always Sunny and I was crying laughing. <laughs> I, I also sent a video of it and sent it to Ethan because I thought it was so funny. Because you, that song, yeah, it's still royalty free, but it's like, how... How can you not know? How <laughs> well, can you not know? Like, I do think some they, research. They were, do you think they were probably playing a different song 
when they were filming it and then they had to cover it up and they just put this random yeah but it's not like it's the only waltz yeah (laughs) that's my only that's my last thing i have i really don't have that much i have i can't remember who said this but i'll have another son and name him after you i remember it was really funny but i can't remember that was warner when he was talking to Zachariah, when Zachariah was at the end, and he was, like, big and scary. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I have another son. I'll name him after you. <laughs> like, pleading with him. Yeah. hmm Oh, th- the very end scene, when it just says, oh, Ed just says, there are certain advantages to being dead, and then it just ends. <laughs> like, it just turns yeah. to black and goes to the credits. Well, it's because they, they, they were using the pumpkin carving machine, and a bunch of pumpkin goop went flying at yep, him. Yeah, and then and he, it went it, right through yep. him. <laughs> it was really it was a cute little ending yeah. line. I really liked it. That's all I have. Yeah. It's it was it was in, very entertaining and and it kept our attention. I was worried that you were bored. I was like Sarah hates this no, movie. Sarah hates no, this movie. I I really liked this movie. Like I said, I was just so into it. I wasn't commenting on anything cuz mm-hmm. usually when I comment things, it's cuz I'm making fun usually, of them. Yeah. And I was also no, I mean it was so after nice. work for me, so I tend to just be more tired when I'm yeah, home from work. I understand. No, it was I nice, enjoyed it was it really a lot. nice. One. I was pleasantly surprised by this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad this one was good i'm glad that i'm glad that the ones that i remember liking so far have been good mm-hmm. don't look under the bed's good uh you wish is good this is good luckily irish is gonna be bad and i understand that and i'm facing <laughs> it and i know it watch it be really good it's not gonna be really good um i just i can feel it in my soul um the one good thing i know about luckily irish for sure, is that the main villain is played by Timothy Amundsen, who, if anyone has ever watched Psych, which I love, he plays Lassiter in that. And he's great. He's such a good, he's such a good performer. Never seen Psych, but my mom watches oh it all God, the time. It's so good. It's on, it's on Prime. Wow. Right now. A good show that my again. mom watches and I don't. What's wrong with me? <laughs> you should watch it. You'd really like it. It's so good. It it's so good. Yeah. So next week is Halloween Town High. Which is the third Halloween Town installment that I might have seen. And I've probably seen, but you don't remember as much. But it's the last Kimberly J. Brown Halloween Town. Mm-hmm. So the, la- the last real Halloween Town. <laughs> yeah, honestly. I guess she I can't hate until I watch the fourth one again, but it's just, just so weird. Spin-off. Oh my god, just do a spinoff. Good lord. But anyway, <laughs> what's the decom mission for this week? Hmm. I want to be cheesy and be like, celebrate the lives of the people you've lost. Yeah. That or like, tell someone how you really feel while they're still here. Kind of like the dad and the the grandpa, how they just didn't tell each other how they felt until the grandpa was gone. But yeah, Yeah. I think something along those lines. My decommission, I guess, to anyone is to just embrace life Mm -hmm. and the lives of people who love you and you love. I like That's it. my decommission. Yep. For this week. We're getting sentimental even. this week for our decom. Yeah, it's a sentimental decom <laughs> for Halloween, you know. All right, everybody. All right. See you, See in the you next, next time. Bye. Bye.